Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Would you leave Celtic midway through a treble treble to join them? No. Brendan Rodgers well, he said time and time again how happy he is, it's his dream job. If he does leave, there'll be nobody to blame but Celtic. Would he leave Celtic midway through a treble treble to join them? No. But never in a million years would Brendan Rodgers tarnish the relationship he's got with the Celtic. He's not operating purely on ego, he does love the club, he does love his job. Celtic are a big club, this is a big job he's got and he's not going to walk out of that. This week, for the first time ever, a rat joins a sinking ship. Celtic hand out some capital punishment as they dish out beatings to hearts and hibs. All this and more on this episode of 20 Minute Tips. Hello and welcome to episode 171 of 20 Minute Tims, the most informed Celtic podcast available. <laughs> and I am joined this week by Stephen. Hello there. And Melly. Hello. And did we not get... Pumped last week on our podcast. Oh, we, we sure did. Yeah, we'll get into this um, in a wee second. But just first up, uh, an apology to the listeners. I am a little bit coldy, a little bit bunged up, uh, a little bit under the weather. So apologies if I sound a bit rotten. But you know what? I've got a job to do. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've turned up. I would never dream of walking out on our loyal listeners. Uh, I owe it to you guys. Uh-huh. I owe it to the podcast itself. I owe, it, I owe it to that podcast badge. I would never dream of walking out on something I claim to love. This is, um, you know what this is the equivalent of, Melly? This is the equivalent of me and you sitting down to do this podcast, right? Stephen not being here, and then us listening to 98 Minutes Cynic, the moron, he's on it. <laughs> <laughs> that is what the podcast equivalent Could happen, is. get in touch, guys. <laughs> if they're offering more money, get in touch with me too. Um, Melly. Brendan Rogers wow. had it. Yeah, we'll he, just stop there. You put out a tweet and said he will be called this if we get one like. So, yeah. would you like to start that? Again? Yeah. Well, I'll get to that, but let me introduce the topic of conversation <laughs> first. Brendan Rogers done something unthinkable, unimaginable, and downright indecent when he left Celtic Football Club mere hours after we put a podcast out. Oh yeah, um, the ultimate disrespect. The ultimate really. disrespect. He could have saved it for us or he could have done it a wee bit earlier. But in all seriousness, we didn't get a chance to discuss this last week because our podcast came out literally just a few hours before. Yeah, they did, know, yeah. the evening before Brendan Rodgers decided to walk away from the club. So this is our weekends. Have we calmed down? Because, well, we did a Patreon yeah. emergency podcast for the patrons. They got that on, was it Monday night? Or Tuesday night? Tuesday, which then spilled over to a Wednesday night match companion between myself and Melly, where we further vented yeah. on, on the subject. Um, yeah, we are now exactly a week on from our last recording of the of the Monday night podcast. Have I calmed down any? It's it's a hard feeling to describe. Um, I, I joked on Wednesday night with Melly that when we recorded last week, the the emergency podcast, I was in a state of sort of weird, heightened awareness. I, d- I didn't really know what I was doing because in the, what I likened it to was like being punched square in the nose. You suddenly go into this sort of weird, excited state where you don't really know what you're doing, but, but you're just acting on pure instinct. I think that's what I was like when I recorded. After that, it kind of got worse, to be perfectly honest. I just started to feel a, a number of things. I started to feel duped. I started mm-hmm. to feel had... And I started to feel stupid for the hundreds of hours of nonsense we've spewed about this guy for the, 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 last, <laughs> yeah. the last several years. Um, a week on, no, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm over it. Uh, things have, have changed slightly because 
Celtic have overcome a couple of hurdles that we'll talk about later on in this podcast and things feel a little bit better since then but no obviously it still stings there's there's no two ways about it Melly, how do you feel about Brendan Rodgers' departure one week on? I'm no longer angry I'm just mm. disappointed oh yeah I'm still angry <laughs> <laughs> the, the Hearts game the following night really was exactly what we needed a game like that getting the goal late on and again Hibs two wins if we had to drop points in the Hearts game or the Hibs game went out of the cup it would have been catastrophic yeah. but We've quickly got a guy in, we've moved on, everything's going well, but just can't help but feel how, how exactly it's even, like, I actually felt foolish, like, I fell hook, line and sinker for this, like, we all a did. cheap salesman, and he took me for a ride. I mean, we, the, the facts now of how Brendan Rodgers came to leave Celtic and all the trials and tribulations of this season have been reported to death, even to the point we don't have to go through them. I think Harry Brady on, on Twitter, he put out a podcast that sort of, as far as I'm aware and I've I've been told that his version of events is, is pretty much accurate. From um, some months ago, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. from some months ago and then even repeatedly over yeah. the last couple of weeks. You know, that everyone sort of knows Brendan Rodgers made contact with the Celtic board, said he was interested in speaking to Leicester, went, drove himself down to Leicester. As far as I'm aware, not not as far as I'm aware, but as I'm led to believe and everyone is led to believe, didn't even contact the players. <laughs> Had, didn't didn't say he was going, didn't, went down to Leicester and the next thing you know, he's joined Leicester and again, as far as my way of the feeling within the club is, he's he's done a number on them. He, and and yeah. some of the players especially are disheartened. Some of the players I've heard have, have sort of said, oh well, fuck him is the attitude. Mm. Um, but some of them are a bit more stung by it. But the fact of the matter is, as you said, Melly, the board acted quickly. They got Neil Lennon in with oh, pretty much a day's notice or whatever. And Neil's sort of, by the looks of it, picked up where Brendan left off. How do you feel, Stephen, about the manner of Brendan's departure? There's the manner of it. The uh, manner of it. I mean... I could fill this entire podcast with mm. this chat about the manner of the departure, which was, it's disgraceful. It's absolutely unforgivable. And at the time we recorded last week, we didn't know that he had just disappeared. He just snuck out the back door. We were right. acting on the idea that he had said his goodbyes and all that. No, ultimately, that doesn't really affect me. He didn't. Mm. He, he's not going to chat my door and say, "By the way, sorry to say this, but I'm I'm leaving. I've got a, a new job." So that's never yeah. going to happen. But the, I feel affronted for the players and the the staff. Well, not for the ones he took with us. Aye, try, that's another thing. Try to gut the whole team. More yeah. on that to come. Yeah, he's, he's basically cleaned out the backroom staff, the ones who were willing to go as well. If he had his way, honestly, we're lucky to still have the badge, the, 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 the star above the badge as well. He would have, he would have taken everything. I um, I tweeted just after it happened. I joked that you know, my mum lives in Brendan Rogers Street and that's uh, that was the setup of a joke that was... PayPal me 40 quid and I'll stick a jobby through his front door. <laughs> right. But but that's actually true. Um, you did it, stick a jobby through his door. <laughs> no, 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 my mum uh, does live right next to where, where he was staying there, which proves that old urban myth that no matter where you live in the UK, you're never any further than 30 feet from a rat. Oh, <laughs> that's good. We, we can get onto the rat pattern now. Um, and in a way, this is going to sound like the most ridiculous thing. I feel like he's betrayed my mum. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because it becomes when he moved in there, it, it become the kind of running joke of the family. Did he borrow a lawnmower and he's <laughs> fucked off down to Leicester and they'll get it back? It became the kind of running joke of the family. Oh, my pal Brendan, oh, you want me to say hello to my mate Brendan? He just lives over there. And now, now he's now he's gone. He's and, a persona non grata in the Arbuckle house, Melly. <laughs> how is he how is he in the Melly household? Uh, he's a rat bastard. Yes. Yes. I just never thought he'd do it. We sat here and said he'll not do we it. We didn't have an inkling. No. It, we, no. it was pictured in training. <laughs> That yeah. day, and then just to go like that, creep out the back door, fly fly as quickly as he could up to Leicester. Day down, before a game, down ga- to Leicester. Uh, day, down <laughs> to Leicester. <laughs> day before a game, a couple of days before a cup quarter final, to go down to Leicester and just leave everything behind. It's just everything he's ever spoke about, like integrity and character. He's not got any of that. He no. preached about it time and time again. He also kept going on about money's in the bank. At the end of every month, you have to work hard for it. And that means you don't just walk out at the first sign of MD. We'll take you because if he was willing to go to China, he would have went anywhere. Yeah. So Brendan Rogers' thought process, as far as I'm led to believe, and it's been documented as well, was that it, it was the Arsenal job. It, it was not. It was winning the double treble. 
and not getting on the eight-man shortlist for the Arsenal job that made Brendan pretty much jump at the first opportunity. Yeah. And, that, and that first opportunity was Leicester. But why, why is he not on the list for the Arsenal job? Because he gets scalped in Europe. But he's That's not on him. And, but, I know, but his thinking might have been that if I win... You know, his thinking might have even been along the lines of if winning an invincible treble and then winning the treble again doesn't get me it, then maybe by winning a treble treble, all I'm doing is showing up how easy this league is and I, not how I, good I, a manager I am. I get that, but at the same time, Arsenal will be looking at his record in Europe and saying, well, he's getting absolutely hmm. destroyed by teams. Like, I, you, you tweeted out, Stephen, and I think you tweeted from the 20 Minute Tim's account that he's, see if you want to go and bet yourself, Brendan. Yeah, fine. See if you want to leave Celtic and join Leicester, fine. But you're a rat because of the way you left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You snuck out mm. the back door. As we were, you try to clear out the squad. You're a rat because when all that Dembele stuff came out, everyone turned on Dembele and went, oh, look at this guy, look at this. Yeah, he, yeah. Must be, he must be at it or he must be better. But the fact of the matter is, he tried to take Dembele with him. Yeah. You know, and, and that that for me is unforgivable as well. And I'm not, I'm, I've been critical of the board in this podcast, but I like to think, We've always tried to be fair and we've always used the information we had at hand. Yeah, and see, in our defence, I have listened back to last week's episode <laughs> for a laugh. I, I, would, I would urge everyone to go and do that. Um, but the thing is, we were all very realistic. I don't think any of us, mm. despite all the, the hilarious quotes you've just heard at the start of this episode, we were all very realistic. We all acknowledged that Leicester were a real threat. We all said there's a fair chance you'll go there. But none of us, even for a second, normally I'm the one who's who tries to bring a bit of balance and not even I said, oh, do you know what? I think there might, there might be something in this. Not for a second. I said categorically, when you asked me, you asked me, will Leicester be of interest to him and will he go just now? I said yes and no. It's <laughs> So none of, us, none of us thought for a single second that, that he would do this. And it comes, it brings up all this other stuff about, all the flannel he spouted over the last couple of years about loving the club, but he, and he's still doing it even after having left. Aye, he's that, still that, doing that it. That is exactly what I was about to come on. He doesn't get it. No, no. he's. I don't think anyone has as badly misjudged a situation. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of an example. I was on Twitter saying, "Can anyone remind me of a of a?" I put up a picture of Neville Chamberlain. I don't know if you're familiar right. with what that photo was. <laughs> He stepped off the plane and he said, peace, peace for our time, he said. Uh, and then one year later, we were at World War II with Germany. And that's about as badly judged as this situation could have possibly been. You don't get this level of history lesson on any other football podcast. No, this is like a, a Dan Carlin mixed, yeah. with, mixed <laughs> with Celtic. Um, but no, he badly judged the situation. It, it was honestly, remember the David Brent scene in The Office, we love The Office, where he lines up everyone and goes... I've got good news and bad news. The bad news is you're using your job and the good news is I've got a promotion. Yeah. It was that. He yeah. honestly thought we would all be happy for him. <laughs> and then he says, oh, if it was a ha- if I was leading with my heart, I would have stayed at Celtic. Birthday card, pish. Aye. Do you know why? Because that suggests that it's foolish to stay at Celtic. Yeah. That suggests Aye. that uh, it would be a folly for me to stay at Celtic. Again, right, even if we give him the benefit, playing devil's advocate here, if we give him the benefit of the doubt, and just assume that it's a better career move to go to Leicester, which in many ways it is, right? Okay, I'll I'll completely accept that. It's at the top table. It's where Brendan Rodgers probably wants to be. It still, still doesn't excuse the manner and timing of the exit. If you feel you have taken the club as far as you can go, fine, I believe you. But did you decide that on Sunday night? Because I, I didn't hear any of that patter in between those two games. (laughs) <laughs> no, exactly. You know I mean? yeah. uh, if it's David Wagner who left Huddersfield recently after going down as a club legend who had taken him into promotion and then kept him in the Premier League against all odds, he just decided one day that I've I can't do this anymore and he stepped aside. I've I've not got it in me to keep this club up. I've done all I can, I've taken him as far as I can go, and he stood aside. He didn't do it to jump into the next available yeah. job that he felt was better. That's completely different. Let, let me ask you. Let me ask you this, and I know Brendan listens. <clears throat> would would it have been impossible? And would it have been out the question for Brendan to phone one of his many many pals in the media, oh, yeah. or through the official Celtic channel, and say, "I want to put out a statement and put out a statement to fancy look. I've been offered an opportunity here that I didn't expect to come along so soon, but it's now or never for me, and I'm going to take this opportunity." to try and better myself. I know it's not the ideal time to leave, but the club have got Neil Lennon coming in. They could have worked on something. Yeah, And, and the fans would have still been disappointed and angry, but it wouldn't have been this 
I'm away catches, cash me outside. Aye. You know what I mean? It, it's, it just doesn't stand to reason. And the, even now, watching him at his Leicester press conference in Melly, he just doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. He said, oh, maybe he'll be back at Celtic one day. I mean, never say never, but achievements, uh, what he's achieved is remarkable, right? But the manner of the exit has spoiled the relationship. Yep, for a guy we loved, what, one week ago? Yeah. It's, it's a tainted love now that he's absolutely... <laughs> a bit of soft sell? Yeah, soft sell. That's going with the Marlon Manson. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's destroyed it. Destroyed our legacy. Could have been there till the end of the season. Left then, and the board would have copped it. Everybody would yeah, blame the board. He would have been a legend, probably the second best manager after Jock Steen. Best manager I've seen, possibly. But no... He's left all that, left all that, just at the drop of a hat. Monday, he gets to speak to Leicester. By Monday night, he's, he's signed for Leicester. I know. So it's obviously, things have yeah. moved very quickly. Yeah. He's took the staff. He's took yeah, that's another, that's another point. How do you negotiate contracts for Brendan Rodgers, Cole O'Toole, Chris Davis, Glenn O'Driscoll? How do you negotiate all four of those contracts overnight? <laughs> I know. The thing is, do you know what I've hated since this all happened as well? I hate the fact that not everyone, I think a lot of people understand, but there's been a few dissenting voices out there saying that, oh, oh why, why are Celtic fans so upset? The guy delivered loads of success. Yes, he did. But don't don't patronise us. Right? Yeah. We, we, are, we have every right to be upset about the manner of this. There, there was a game the next day, an yeah. absolutely must-win game, and a quarterfinal you, can, sep- you can separate the man from the art yeah you know ignition is a banging tune but R. Kelly's a beast <laughs> <laughs> yes yes it's spot on comparison there <laughs> see everything he said about taking the club too far that's fine at the end of the season yeah not when there's a game the yeah. next yeah. day that Did- he was preparing for I can feel like if you were all getting we're all getting hit up here again it's great but that's another thing he didn't even have to leave when he left we, we Celtic have the first free midweek this week, yep. as this is recorded, he could have done the Hearts game, done the Hibs game, and went, you've got a week to sort yourself out. But then, he wouldn't have got the chance to go down and lose to Watford in his no, first game. Then. Know, get off that was, that was hilarious. what a petty man would do? Mm. A petty man would wake up on Sunday morning, go on his betting account, see that Watford and Leicester game and go, oh, what's the odds on Watford to win? Nah, no very good. Both teams to score Watford to win, 41, 5 or 25 quid back. A petty man would put that on. <laughs> A petty man would put that on. And now we know why that he, he had to leave when he left because it was between him and Benitez and Benitez was only going to do the honourable thing and say, stay at Newcastle and Brendan Rodgers gave himself a head start in the application he put himself ahead of Benitez by saying yeah. I'll, I'll, come, I'll come to now Stephen said that on Wednesday night he said how, how does the guy go to sleep at night and I said he'll just put his head in the pillow and think Brendan Rodgers had a good day because yeah. he's not a Celtic fan he's a Brendan Rodgers fan he's the Brendan Rodgers biggest fan and he just does what suits him we all chose not to see what he was like he's got a mm. reputation down in England Take the piss out and David Brent. Did you see the match of the day? Yep. The match yeah. of the day Twitter account. He's not even in the country a day and they're already taking the piss out of him. And I was like, good. Because <laughs> you've just picked up what you've I left was bingo. off. David, uh, David, uh, sorry, Brendan Rodgers bingo. It was all the character and organisation. It just, Hard it was, work. yeah, it was clips together of, of him saying these words thousands and thousands of times. But we, we chose not to see Yeah, we didn't that. want to know about this when he, when he came up because he was the, he was the Messiah. He was the, He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Yes, well done, Melly. Um, yeah, it's hard to know what, what further to say about this because it's just we could do we could do it all day. We could just yeah. what I said to Melly the other night wasn't quite um, how does he sleep at night. I just I kind of wondered what is he thinking about right now. What is going through Brendan Rodgers' head? Do you know what's thinking? He goes. Who am I going to send up to my house to collect all the things? Yeah, that's yeah. what he's thinking. Yeah, how do yeah. I give my Brendan Rodgers '67 CFC car back to Celtic without MD noticing? <laughs> anyway, here's the departed. Here's the rat. The unfaithful departed. The unfaithful departed. Just on Brendan Rodgers, I know everyone's instinct is to immediately go back to every single thing he's ever said and and look for the holes in it and, mm. and call it a lie. And that that story has come out now where he allegedly made up the, the thing about Danny yeah. McGrain. Now, to be honest, I never liked that story in the first place. No. Because the reason I don't I didn't like it in the first place because I thought it I found it actually quite patronising. 
Like, it kind of made Danny McGrain out to be this like, like daughter and old wee Janny. Oh, yeah. the, the guy's a titan of a man, and <laughs> it did, that story made him out to be this. Oh hi, Mister Rogers. Hi, hello, sir. Have I got a job? I, I, I just kind of rolled my eyes at it, but it, it kind of turns out that it might not necessarily be true. The thing with that is, though, having read quite a lot of books about football, I, I read a book a week, so... Uh, check, the big, <laughs> check the big brain on point, Dexter. <laughs> um, having read quite a lot of bu- books about football, I am acutely aware that books are full of that kind of bullshit, right? Just like, made-up yeah. stories like that, heavily embellished things. But he actually he said it on stage. Oh, so, yeah. right <laughs> so, absolutely bizarre. As well. But I don't, I don't want to go back over everything he ever said, I'd have more respect for him if he just actually did say, do you know what, I'm a Celtic fan, but not as much as I made out, right? Yeah. I'm a Celtic fan, my family are all Celtic fans, I embellished it quite a bit, uh, because I've always kind of suspected that to be the case anyway. I would never have said it on the podcast because because of fear of upsetting people, I didn't want to say it, and the reason, I would never say I called it, because I never said it, and out of pure self-preservation, mm. I didn't want to be the guy pouring cold water in his stories. But the thing is, only two things will ever matter about Brendan Rodgers' reign here now. One, he came in and delivered near, un, well, not near, unprecedented success at Celtic. He did extremely well, revolutionised the club in almost every way. And two, he snuck out the back door, he abandoned his post at an absolutely crucial time in Celtic's season and history. One of the biggest moments in Celtic's history, I'm not talking about the Hearts game, but I'm talking about eight out of 10 here and he has walked away those are the two things that are going to matter and number two is going to be remembered an awful lot more than the first eventually he's the first manager I can recall in my lifetime and I think in our history that's walked out in the club mid-season the first manager mid-season another another record broken for (laughs) old Brendo that doesn't happen at Celtic you leave you're told to leave or you leave with your hands your head held high don't you Yeah. I was driving the other day and he was just got the Clyde Tunnel and this guy in a Rangers tops jumped out of the car and said, look mate, I know you're crying now, but Neil Lennon's in. He's a breath of fresh air. Everything's <laughs> going to be all right for you. And I thought, thanks mate. That's made me. <laughs> One more thing. I was watching some videos last night and it turns out that even, even Jose Mourinho yep, can't yep. understand why he did it. Andy if, Gray as well. Jose Mourinho is displaying more of a moral compass than <laughs> Rodgers, the, the game's a bogey. Honestly, uh, it's, that was his friend as well, wasn't it? Yeah, aye. He, even he can't understand why you would snake a club like that, why you would stab somebody in the back. And it'll probably be the last time we, we mention the name Brendan Rodgers in this podcast. Yeah, it'll be Fairman Rodgers, yeah. Or The Rat. <laughs> uh, as I did ask the listeners, I put up a tweet, as many said, one like, and uh, I will call, we will forever refer to him as The Rat, but it's probably more likely he's never going to get mentioned because we did love him, Melly. It's tainted love. Now we say hello to Neil Lennon, wave goodbye to the rat. Yeah, see what he did there. Yeah, like that. Right, see if anyone right. else can pick that up. Um, Neil Lennon, how do you feel as Neil Lennon as an interim appointment? Because there's been some strong feelings about Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon exists to provoke strong feelings. There's yeah. no such thing as a as a no. moderate feeling about oh, Neil Lennon. I love Neil. I love the man. Yeah. I, in a different way, that love, like, like Brendan Rodgers is, you know how we like, Brendan Rodgers is soft and stable, he'll, he, he's like, a, he'll provide and he'll put the food on the table and that, Neil Lennon's a coked up weekend in Amsterdam, <laughs> and, and that's what I like, Neil Lennon, yeah. I've described Neil Lennon as a shopping trolley full of lit fireworks getting pushed down a close, and <laughs> I, honestly, that and the mental case in yeah. me absolutely loves the man, so it's great to see him back. Yeah, um, as I say, there's no such thing as... Uh, as moderate, well, a shrug about Neil Lennon that, that just simply doesn't exist. His whole his whole life is a strong feeling. I don't want him as the the full term manager, to be honest. For Why? A number, for a number of reasons. Number one is that I don't feel like you should go back to something from five years ago. Now he might very well go on to prove me completely wrong on that, but I don't think there's much of a history in football for that to be the case. Very few managers come back and are as yeah. successful the second time around. Things move on. Neil Lennon, it seems like he never went away now, now that you've no, seen you're, him. You're the... bit on his phone in a McDougall's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that we've seen him back in the dugout a couple of times, it feels, feels like he was never away, but we need to remember it was five years ago yeah. Neil Lennon left. It. So much has changed. The, the style of play has changed. Only some of the players have changed right yeah. enough. <laughs> but I just, I don't want the the unfortunate circus that comes with Neil Lennon. Now, that's not his fault. I'm not blaming him. I'm not saying he brings it on himself, that old quote about him, but I just, I can't even bother with that again. Yes, he brings with him 
not not guaranteed success, but a fair chance at it. I yep. just I just want something fresh now. I want I want evolution, not revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Melly, how do you feel as Neil Lennon as an interim appointment? Smashing. It's the one guy that just goes in there, knows exactly what's required. He's done it before. Came in with a few less games, I think, under Mowbray, roughly the mm. same time. He's not the guy I want, but he's probably the guy we need right now, just a guy to get us over the line. You already mentioned about how much I helped John Kennedy is, so fair play to John Kennedy and Stevie Woods for sticking around and not jumping ship. Yeah, I should actually, I should actually mention that. I don't, we, we sort of brushed over that, but Brendan mm. did try and take Stevie Woods and John Kennedy. John Kennedy got promoted to assistant manager and that's that's not just by name that's an elevated position within the club and as I said earlier we'll look at you still have anybody yeah. we'll look at you still have Hoopy he could have gone to Leicester and become Hoopy the Foxhound <laughs> but, man that's good that's good <laughs> but there was a genuine fear that John Kennedy you know who's highly thought of in the club really highly thought of there was a genuine fear that if we didn't give him an improved contract or, you know, help his career progress in the way that he wants it yeah. to career to progress, that he might have joined Brendan Rodgers at Leicester. And this is this is just me. I think with the talk of director of football, I think I don't I, I think maybe that's a role for I know people may be discussing John Kennedy's management material. I think director of football might might be might suit John Kennedy a wee bit. But um, Neil Lennon, Melly. I'm in the same boat as Stephen in that long term I, I wouldn't want it to be him but it might have to be him going into the summer if he wins the league gets a treble it's hard to say someday you're not getting mm. the job we only we only need to win two titles and then after that it doesn't really matter well obviously it will yeah. but we'll just need two titles so is there MD that brings as much as a near guarantee as Lennon going into this Rogers went down to Leicester right now to give himself the best possible start for next season. He wants in to look at his players, see what he what he's got, see what he needs. You're giving him quite a lot of credit there. Yeah. I reckon he's jumped just now because A, he could, B, they've got some quite easy fixtures coming up, beginning with the defeat to, to yeah. Watford. I think he's given himself a I think his front. next yeah. four or five games are all teams below him in the yeah. league and he pays two of the bottom three. And they're going to put games. a fiver on every other team he's playing <laughs> against, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but well, Lennon, he gets to look at the players just now. It comes to the summer, big rebuilding job. Now, if we're getting somebody in, they need to be in basically as soon as the season finishes. And I don't know if this is the time to start changing managers hmm. when we've got one there who knows what he's doing, knows what he's doing. I know, I know Stephen, you said don't go back, but also Neil Lennon, when he was the manager, that was his first job. It's a massive job to go into. Now, he will have learned a lot from that job. Bolton and Hibbs, he's probably coming back a better all-round manager than he was the first time, and that doesn't usually happen. I mean, they have a terrific season with Hibbs last season before before mm, they sold all these players in the summer. I mean, he was a, what was he a point or a goal off second place or a couple of goals off second place last year? So he, and that was coming right up. I mean, I'm, I had my jokes about Neil Lennon and all that sort of stuff, and as much as I do, I, I really love his passion for, for Celtic. You can tell, um, but he's a good football manager. He's, yep. a, he's, a, he's a good foot manager. He's got a knife for a player. You can't deny that the, the guy's got a knife for a player. We were in a sticky situation. We had a game the next day, and Neil Lennon has pretty much. I mean, there's two ways to look at it: either that he's been handed a second chance and a great opportunity, or it's a thankless task. Because if he wins the league, people will be saying, "Well, we only really won eleven games or whatever." Yeah. Brendan Rodgers took it most of the way. Well, on the flip side of that, see if he does win the league, no one will mention Brendan no, Rodgers. On, on our side, like, on yeah. the Celtic side of things, no one, no one will even acknowledge that this is Brendan Rodgers' title. It will be Neil Lennon's title. Yeah. Maybe in the media and outside the Celtic, people will say, well, he didn't really do anything, but he will be a hero, if the, the, he, even if he wins this league, even from an advantageous position. The flip side is, if he loses it, well, it, it, he's, he's on to absolute plums. Now, the fact of the matter is, it was either Neil Lennon, or if Neil Lennon wasn't going to take the job or he wasn't available for it, it was probably going to be Gordon Strachan. Right. You know what I mean? So, Neil, Neil Lennon has Neil Lennon's done as a bit of a solid, and it's probably mutually advantageous for him. He's got a bit of a checkered past, but you got to remember we needed somebody right now, mm. and he's taking it on. As for next season, what I would be doing is I would be I would be having a full scouting, not a full scouting, but a full recruitment process once again. Yeah, and but Neil Lennon would be considered in that, and his achievements this season would be considered in that, and they'd be measured up against everyone else that applied. So if you've got Neil Lennon 
and Steve Clark and Jack Ross, and that's the sort of level that's coming in for that job, then you're going to look at Neil Lennon and go, him. Do you know what I mean? But if you've got Neil Lennon and maybe Rafa Benitez fancies at Melia, I know that's what you says, or someone like Martinez or Wagner or Eddie Howe or Marco Marco Rosa, who we were linked to today, then you stack up Neil Lennon's application against these guys and you think, well, maybe he's Mm. no top of the pile. And as long as that's, as long as there's proper consideration this summer and it's not just handed to Neil Lennon. No, that, you're, you're absolutely right. It's the same fine. with players as well. Yeah. I remember you saying about Easy Gary at the time. Was he the best available or was he just there? Did yeah. they just turn up on their doorstep and you took a chance on him? It, it should be the same with the manager. Um, when someone's contract is up, it's not about him being already there. It's about being the, the best available candidate for that job. Absolutely. I like to sort of play a, a thought experiment in these cases as well, but I think if he had no connection to Celtic whatsoever, now I know I, I know that involves ignoring that he might win the league this year, but would you give him the contract based on nothing other than what he's what he's done in management? And I remember thinking this way when Stephen Samaras was eventually at a contract. I thought, would you sign that guy if he wasn't already here? Yeah. Like if mm-hmm. A guy, and it, it came up again when he had left West Brom. Would you sign a guy who'd been released by West Brom, having not really kicked the ball and ended up in Saudi Arabia or whatever it was? Would you sign him if he'd never played for Celtic before? And I think you have to take sentimentality out of it and just purely go on the absolute best in every single criteria you can possibly tick off. Listen to him. No sent, no room for sentiment in football. He's still quoting him. He's still quoting him. <laughs> <laughs> so, Neil Lennon is the manager. It's... I think, you know, we always have these wishful, ambitious thoughts for Celtic, but I think the truth of the matter probably is it's Neil Lennon's job to lose. Yeah, realistically. Uh, realistic. There's, a, there's no doubt there's a massive rebuilding job in the summer. And, you know, see if Celtic wanted to, really. See if they really wanted to push and ensure 10 in a row. As crass and as I know it doesn't always work like this, but they could probably buy it. You know what I mean? If you give mm. Neil Lennon the players, because we need a lot of players... If you give Neil Lennon players who are significantly better than the rest of the league, then there's a. If you reduce the margin of error yeah. for Neil Lennon to the point where he's, you're out there and you're rebuilding the team with quality, quality players, then it becomes a less risky appointment, even if it's just for two years. Yeah. It should be a good, a great. Well, it's going to be obviously be a great job for a new manager, but also this will be. A big clear out in the summer, so the players going out of contract. So you've sort of got a blank canvas. And if what well, everything we've heard is true and is to be believed, we've got last year's budget, which we didn't spend because Rogers wanted to go, and the next yeah. year's budget. So we should have cabbage coming out of the years <laughs> to spend, and we need it because there's so many players, so many positions being done. So for a manager coming in, yes, it's a tough, tough gig with. The quick turnaround, but you could come in and get your own players in, and the players you're left with, Forrest, McGregor, Tierney, all these guys that have been there, done it. That's a great start. Another thing to consider with Neil Lennon is that, yes, we have been here before with him, and he left at the end of four successful seasons, but he left because he wasn't being backed yeah. fully by, by the board. Now, what has changed since then? Not a hell of a lot, no. in all honesty. It's still the same people. It's still the same system, by the looks yeah. of it. Is th- are things going to be hugely different? Because let's say, for example, let's let's indulge this uh, Rafa Benitez thing, just purely for an example. Yes. Big grin across Melly's face there as soon as I said it. But he is going to come in, have a, one look at the, the finances and be like, I want all of that, yeah. basically. And whereas... They might try and palm Neil Lennon off with, well, you're back at the club you love, you know. Mm. We'll, give yeah. you, we'll give you four million to spend. You've already got your pals there. You've got Bruni, Forrest, Lustig and all that. So This is this is probably why it's it's good to... It might be advantageous for Neil Lennon if they restarted the recruitment process. So he yeah. could come in and go, look, I really think we need 30 million and eight yeah. players. And um, and just, just a word on the board before we get to the Hearts game because we have sort of covered the managerial merry-go-round quite in-depth. You know, again, we've been critical of the board, but they deserve credit for for bringing in, um, bringing in Neil Lennon quickly. But also, whether or not the manager's relationship with the board severed to the point where Brendan Rodgers took the Leicester job right away, that's immaterial Aye, because I don't care. because Brendan Rodgers' relationship with the fans is the mm-hmm. one, and the club and the players is what really matters. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't the the board's time will come. I think I feel like we'll. Oh, that sounds like a threat. <laughs> I feel like in the summer we'll probably look back on all this and look at the board's part in it. 
And we've we've talked for months, maybe no, maybe even a couple of seasons now, about this deteriorating relationship between the board and Rogers. That hasn't gone away as an issue no. on this podcast, but right now, all that matters is that Brendan Rogers has has walked. He's he's abandoned his duties. So we did discuss it. The rat left. Disgusted. Um, absolutely disgusted. Neil Lennon, first game in charge. Probably couldn't have been more difficult had it maybe no, been no, no. had it maybe been the Huns. Instead, we get the Diet Huns at Tynecastle. Um, it could hell in a cell for him. It was like hell in a cell. There's no way it could have been any more high pressure or any more intense than going to Tynecastle, a place where he's been quite literally assaulted Aye. on the pitch, and and he's always always popular. I think he even joked about that about getting a reception <laughs> from both sets of fans. But no, I mean, even the, the follow-up as well, even going to Easter Road, where he's had a, an acrimonious split, shall yes, we say. with, from, ma- with from, Her Majesty, as yeah. he said. <laughs> so, yeah, intense stuff. And as I said on the, the emergency podcast, fair play to the guy, because he's got he's get balls of steel to be walking back into this high-pressure situation. Ginger, he, ginger balls of steel, Mary, yeah. you, you'll know all about that. Yes, yes. <laughs> See, if you had the offer, if in another world, Brendan Rogers says, look, I'll finish up at the end of the week, Get these two games out of the way, then Neil, you come in. Lennon, I'm convinced we'd have went. No, I, I want the two games. I yeah, want you're that. probably right. Aye. He, he, this is what he lives for. He loves going there. He loves going to Ibrox. He loves winning in these games. And it's what and I, I live for as well. Aye, and it's what I live for as well. Because see that game, I was so nervous before it, mm, yeah. and the way the game panned out, and the back and forward, back and forward, and Edward the last minute. It was like honestly, Millie, it was like. It was like Neil Lennon's first time around. That's how excited I was about that. I've never known the Celtic fans to be so together. Just yeah. brought everybody together. There's been the odd one or two that say it's the board's fault. But I'm like, come on. That was, that was the other thing I meant to say as well. That died down very quickly. There was a couple of tweets that went out originally urging everyone to calm down. Let's be respectful of Brendan Rodgers. He, he delivered all the success, but, but those those were swept Suck away. It, it reminded me of when, you know how when I... A celebrity is disgraced, which happens quite often these yeah, days. Which is about um, happened to Michael Jackson, man. <laughs> um, it's, it, when a celebrity is disgraced, there are a few tweets that sneak out saying, oh, I don't care about the allegations, I'm still a fan, and then they, they, they get deleted. That's kind of what happened with Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a line of continuity from the rat, and as much as uh, Lennon went with the same team, or it probably wasn't Lennon, it was, I think, John Kennedy. Yeah, he said John Kennedy has been a great help to him. He's been there the whole time, even before Rodgers, so... He's the one consistent man in there. Quite right. He's not got time to come in and no, do madness to have him picking the team on basically twenty seven hours' notice or whatever yeah. it was. And the team's been performing well, so there's not much you can change. I was happy with the lineup going yeah. in there. Tough game at Tynecastle. We always we've struggled there the last two games. I think no wonder they just kick lumps at you. Yeah, mm. that's all they do. That's all they do. But I thought Celtic stood up to it. I thought um, my boy Biton had a good game. Yeah, yeah. as um. The BBC commentary team kept referring to him. I think it was Michael Stewart and Rob McLean. Biton. Biton. As if he's French. Nera Biton. <laughs> Very strange. I've never heard it said like that. It may be the pronunciation, but I'd be surprised. I was quite, um, I was happy to see Ewan Henderson keep his place as well. His second straight start. And uh, I thought he was very good as well. Um, you would be sometimes worried about a, a player like that going into a game where it is going to be so physical. But in fairness, the, the guy just looks so composed and so yep. intelligent already. Yep. I, I didn't have any fears for him. Hearts brought back Ick Piazu, who is, yeah, who's given us serious problems in the past and it was no different in this game. He's he's a handful. He doesn't really score goals, but... Puts himself about. Yeah, he, he sure does. And he's actually quite a good player as well. There was a moment where he, I think he dispossessed Scott Brown and then kind of went on a, a, a run and took his, his team 50 or 60 yards up the pitch. He's, He's a good player. As I say, I don't think he gets many goals, but he has been out injured for quite a long time. Going forward, maybe, I don't think Lennon will say don't play at the back. He's come out and said, well, I'm not going to stop them playing out from back. Just want to make better decisions when mm. they're doing mm. it. Uh, so you maybe wonder, will Wistig come back in? Will Craig Gordon come back in? But Scott Bain, what a save from St. Yeah. Clair. Like, you maybe didn't get to appreciate it until we've seen the replay, but an absolute 
fingernail, as yeah, you said, yeah, on Wednesday right. night, and he touched it round the post. And Stunning stuff. Yep. There, there was it was wasn't the only big save in the first half. Zamal had two of his own. Mm. One in particular from Scott Brown, who looked as if he was going to score for the third, <laughs> third domestic game, running incredibly. <laughs> but we'll we'll come on to Bruni's Bruni's goals in a bit. But he had a couple of great saves in the first half, in fairness to him as well. But Baines was incredible. It, it he's worked. done really, really well yeah. since he's come in. Absolutely. And he's, his shot stopping is starting to starting to match what we thought we'd lost with Craig Gordon coming out of the team. The defence is playing well. It's only been the, the Motherwell cheat goal and yeah. a penalty. Which, Screw job, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the penalty that we've conceded so far this year. Celtic, Hearts' thing is set pieces and lumping them in yeah. now they get one Scott Brown gets a booking ball goes in beat on out to Henderson and the pass from Henderson that sets off Sinclair this is one of my favourite goals of the season everything about it is majestic it's one two touch sweep that across Sinclair into Buck Buck one on one with the keeper and he's got the awareness the ability yeah. just to slide Forrest in now James Forrest Maybe this is what he needs. I don't think he's had that great a 2019 so far. Hmm. Not been terrible, but his performance hasn't been great. But Neil Lennon's the guy that coached him when he was in the development squad. Then he became manager and gave him his debut. Forrest loves Lennon. Hmm. Lennon loves Forrest. And getting that goal, it just... What was it he once said about he excites the life out of me? I think he <laughs> said when, when Forrest first broke into the team. But on, on the goal itself, we, we all love a breakaway, a, a counter-attacking and a tap-in at the end of yes. it. I'm, I'm <laughs> brave about tap-ins every week. But um, the pass from Henderson, yes, Melly, you've already brought it up, but he was so calm at that pass because Hearts had basically converged on him. He was basically mm. kind of surrounded but he took that pass to Sinclair as if he and Sinclair were the only two players in the pitch. He just he took his time and calmly just stroked it in his path. And it was that's what basically made it. Sinclair only had to take I don't even think he did take a touch. I think his first touch was the was the ball to Burke. But puts it through the legs. Yeah, yeah. So and Burke I thought Burke was going to take a big dirty swing at it. I thought he was just going to swing mm. his left foot at it because he, he's prone to that, Burke. He's been brilliant, but he is prone to a rash shot. But again, his his cut for Forrest was perfect as well. You say, Melly, though, that the defence played well. Prior to this point, there was an alarm bell when Boyata let Nazi in. Oh. Just, uh, we're not conceding goals, I should No, say. we're not conceding goals, but Boyata just did that Boyata thing. Just a, a baffling pass straight to Naismith's feet. Uh, I, but in fairness, Boyata got back and... The old, the old cliche is did enough to put him off and he dragged his shot wide. I mean, all that sort of stuff will be Brendan Rodgers' problem next season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hearts, they are physical. But they, if you're telling Craig Levine will be telling his players go out go out and get into them in their faces, now that's fine. But see, if you're telling an 18-year-old boy mm. he's got to do that, that's what you get because he went into Tolyan, flew in there well, pretty much on the halfway line right before half-time just because he probably thinks, I need to look like I'm going in hard here. And it's so silly from him. Yeah, Craig Levine even said it was a red card. It was a red card. It was so daft, so needless. It, it looked so bad as well, which I think contributed to it. I mean, it was a red card anyway, but I think it probably looked a lot worse than that boy had intended to. Yeah. Because it, if you see it from a certain angle, it doesn't actually connect all that strongly with his face. He kind of brushes Toyan's shoulder, which Toyan's pretty lucky. But it's a silly way to go into a challenge, just hand first. I think it was eventually his wrist that connected with him, but just even just the optics of it just looks so bad. Right on half time is right before half time. You know where he gets it from though. Sorry, you know where he gets it from though, don't you? That, that boy. Ex Hun. Oh, is he? <laughs> oh, I see. Well, all is clear. I would have sent him off for those frigging eyebrows as well. <laughs> Plucked within yeah. an inch of the life, man. Um but yeah, no, hearts are very physical. Even even players like like Naismith just runs about kicking people. Yeah. Um, herring, herring. Yeah, yeah. Oh, aye, he should have been off. He's a big lad as well. Aye, he he had already been booked at the time. When he, he shot Bane. In fairness to Hearts, they defended. Really I never well. want to hear that sentence <laughs> come out your mouth again. They they defended extremely well in the second half. They gave gave up the kind of wide areas, and yeah. Forrest and Burke were sw- switching positions at times. It, it, they were Celtic were reduced to just swinging in crosses, and Hearts were mopping them up. They they could they made that just channel between the, the halfway line and, and Hearts goal, just incredibly congested. So it took it took us a, a moment of magic to win it. I thought that Brown and Beaton, 
I'm loath to to criticise them because I think ostensibly the, both of them played quite well individually. But I think Beaton's been great since. Yeah, come back. I just think as a partnership, I'm I'm still. Very negative. Like they, in saying that, it seems that Bitton's inclusion has forced Brown to be a bit more positive. Yeah, yeah. You could argue that. But even for this goal that we're about to talk about, the ball from Brown was perfect for Edward to just, just tap it in. But the build-up to it was surprisingly laborious. It was, Bitton took three or four touches and it, it could, the ball kind of bobbled away from him. He gave it to Brown. The ball bobbled away from Brown and it ended up going back to listing. I just thought this we're never going to get yep. anywhere with this midfield. No, it's it's unfortunate that there are just no other options available at the moment. I mean, we badly miss Christy, Rogic and Cham and McGregor. Yeah. That look at McGregor that midfield. Is yeah, the big one. Look at that midfield that Celtic are currently missing. So I'm not I'm not going to criticize too much. I just I feel the same way about the Brown and Beaton axis that, that I did, I did mm. in two thousand and fifteen, to be honest. <laughs> Four years ago. <laughs> Um, the Hearts penalty, the mm. Hearts goal. Scott Bain yet to concede a le- concede a legitimate goal, mm. as far as I'm concerned, domestically for Celtic. Plays the ball out to Ayer, a bit of a hospital ball. Now I criticise my criticism of Ayer is that he's like a, a big enthusiastic spaniel of a boy, and he he goes to ground far too often, and he's too enthusiastic. But on that occasion, he was, I think he was right to go to ground. Because he did get a foot on it. A wee, a wee toe he, on I the think ball, he yeah. got enough on the ball. Now, they ended up taking the guy out in the course of playing the ball. Unsure at the moment if that's a penalty or not in yeah, Scotland. So yeah. he got a, he got awarded the penalty. Fair enough. I, I, th- yeah. I think so. Boyata was involved as well. I think he initially intended to let the ball go out because it was a Hearts ball forward. But they just the ball just didn't have the momentum on it. So he turned and gave it to Bain. Bain did what he's supposed to do and found, you know, kind of aimed to get to a, a Celtic player, but it just it wasn't a good ball and Ayer was forced into doing that. It was unfortunate. The sending off as well, just to go back to that, I've given Bain credit for his distribution because I never see those long floaty balls out to the, mm. the out to the fullback, but that's what caused the, the sending off for Hearts. He played out a 50-50 aerial duel between Toyan and this boy and they clashed and yeah. we were sent off. So I don't like to see that. But other than that, his, his passing is, is you know, relatively good. He's a just, lot more comfortable on the ball as well. Not just yeah. a pass, but taking the ball and turning with the ball, he looks a lot more comfortable. It's just a pity that the first goal we concede through a mistake from playing at the back is in Lennon's first yeah. goal. Yeah. So it just gives him <laughs> that excuse to go. Because that, that, that put all the focus on it. Do you think there's there was maybe too much focus on that playing out from the back? Because, I mean, Melly, you've touched on it. Celtic lose the ball more often than not if they go long with it and I mm. found that we reverted to going long quite a lot with Hearts and it wasn't very fruitful for us well, We were saying that watching the game Hearts after the first 5-10 minutes came into the game and it was when we were playing it long it was just coming straight yeah. back because we only had Buck to work off and he's, probably, he's not the best in the air that's, mm. that's not his game, that's not his strength so it's not something I think this team, although there's some players that maybe shouldn't be doing it I think we're best the ball on the ground well, that's where both it. the goals came from it's yep. like zonal marking now it's only highlighted yeah. when it goes wrong yeah, yeah. people will never talk about the hundreds countless times that Celtic do very well playing out from the back so I think it's it's unfair yes it, it comes with great risk but also great reward you know the Celtic the whole system is based on it maybe not now that Lennon will get a chance to, to tweak a few things but it's it's still worth persevering with so Hearts were 1-1 with a man down and, and they've they went very compact. Yeah, they went very compact. Yeah. And Celtic were struggling to break them down. As you said, there was a lot of side to side. There was a lot of probing and, you know, across the city. I don't doubt that Steven Gerrard sat his players down after Neil, after Brendan Rodgers left Celtic and went, look, we're back in this race. Oh, yeah. We are back in this race now. It's another they... thing about the rat as well. He has handed them the... We talk a lot about psychological advantages. He's handed them the biggest one yeah. they could possibly receive, yeah. He's sat them down. He said, we're back in this because... If they slip up once, we just have to win all Absolutely. our games. Yep, yep. And and this is the big and they murdered Dundee. Yeah. They right. were they not four 0 up or something? Yeah. They were going and they're watching us at Tynecastle. They must have thought all their Christmases had come at yeah. once. And then up stepped Oddson Herlard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and my best French accent. Up steps Oddson Edward. And when that goal hit the back of the net, I went Tonto Melis. Yes. 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 So did Peter Lowell. Did yes. you see him in the 
he made sure he was on telly. He made sure he was on telly. As did we Neely as well. He was Neil, on the pitch. Neil, I kept seeing Neil Lennon. Like it would cut to Neil Lennon, and he was shaking the fist up at the stand and I'm like I wonder who he's looking at and the camera pans up and there he's there Rod Stewart <laughs> <laughs> and do you see when the ball went and Craig there's a cracking camera oh, oh it's lovely Craig Levine's face he actually does that involuntary I'm uh, not going to do it because I'm talking at a microphone hand over his face it was, oh, it was something quite similar from the rat on uh, Sunday there as well did you see when Watford scored their last no minute? but I saw that player absolutely pie him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's trying to shake hands with people and they're pieing them on the pieing them on the pitch but Melly I mean that was just that was exceptional. It was we we were we had hearts hemmed in, but they were defending well. But watching the game, like even our centre halves were about thirty yards out, so that sometimes you get away with that. But all it takes is one switch off if you've been doing that for a full half, basically, because they wasted enough time that ninety four minutes had to be played. So when the ball came out of Brown, it was a great ball in. But one switch off from that St. Clair, uh, St. Clair and Edwards in, and it's a great ball over, hard to defend, great finish, and just pandemonium. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. And there's winning 5 0 would have been good. That was better. Yeah, oh, definitely. And it, it would even surpassed the, the last minute winner at Kilmarnock yeah. a few weeks ago as well because of all the circumstances surrounding the thing, the huge amount of pressure. It just. What a relief and what a win. What a win to get at, yeah. this, at this stage of the season, considering what everyone's just been through. That's another thing that people say he's left halfway through a season. He's left at the business end of the season. Mm-hmm. 11 games to go, 14 in total if we get to the final. Unacceptable. I tweeted as a joke, there's Lennon back. Nobody be long before Lustig's back in the side. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lustig did make his appearance, sub for Togjan, who was substituted for fatigue. I mean, he'd been I, booked again. Booked I, in like, he, he, exactly what we touched on before. His positioning was really bad. He, he got caught wrong side a couple of times. He was getting bullied when the balls went up long. So he was he was subbed and we brought Lustig on. It was the same booking. It was the same booking he got yeah, twice yeah. against Valencia as well. You could debate them all day long, but what we're left with is the same problem. He keeps getting himself into these positions. Do you think this is the? Do you think it's the end for Toljan? Oh. You think Lennon's going to go back to Old Faithful, one of the players? Like, did he, he signed Lustig, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Well, we, we said about Toljan a couple of weeks ago, look, there's no sense in letting this guy settle in because he's only here for a few weeks yeah. and he's got to make an impact or not. And the fact of the matter is he hasn't and he might find himself struggling to get back in. Now, Lustig, Lustig is in the Hibs game. I don't, I don't want to see Lustig back in the team for a number of reasons. I thought he was poor against Hibs as well. He, he was even losing out in the air to that Omionga, which mm-hmm. is he's in there for his, to quote Neil Lennon, physicality and experience. But I, I've joked in the past about how he's seven stone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see him in there. But having said that, Toyan has done nothing to put up the case for me to defend his inclusion at, at all. Uh, do you think maybe people are just forgetting how bad Lustig was though? Oh yeah, it's Aye. always the same as somebody's out of the team. But we've had a couple of seasons now where Lustig needs to replace. Yes, Toyan. He might not be the guy we sign long term, but right now I'd still prefer him to be an over Lustig. Yeah, me but too. I know what I'm getting with Lustig, and I don't like it, Toyan. Maybe he is getting caught out, but still, he's not costing his goals, whereas Lustig has in the past. Toyan just looks like a a guy who's maybe not good enough to be a winger, so he was put. Back to fullback, and is, he's just not a defender, is he? You know what? At some point in the season, we could see a team with all of Neil Lennon's Celtic signings in it. Really? Can you <laughs> na- name them? Name the Neil Lennon's Celtic signings that are still at the club. And if you want a bonus point, the people who he gave debuts to. Does Gordon count then? Because was he right at the very end, just before Dyler, maybe? Uh, don't, I don't, I'm not right, counting Gordon. Counting, okay, he never played under Lennon, so doesn't it count. Right, so Bain, Brown. because he signed him for Hibs. Yeah, I suppose Bain counts, yeah. but okay, I'll give you a, I'll give you half a point for Bain. Is it Giri? Lustig. Yep. Brown, Beaton, Rogic. Wait, 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 wait. Neil Lennon didn't say Scott Brown. Oh, no, didn't. Uh, Beaton, Rogic, Forrest. Griffiths. Griffiths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could see a team with Lustig, Izagiri, Tom Rogic, Nier Beaton, Lee Griffiths, Scott Bain, if you want to count them, and James Forrest. All in Five the one, years on. All in the one Celtic <laughs> team. Neil Lennon said that, didn't he? Yeah. He says it's like 2013. McGregor would have been there as well at, the, at Lennon's time. Aye, Did aye. he put him out on loan, actually? Aye. Yeah, yeah, to Notts County. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Another change for the Hibs game was, well, we kind of went two up top, didn't we? Neil Lennon's back, 4-4-2, old school, is that how people are seeing it? 
uh, well, Edward is in behind mm, yeah. uh, Buck, so it's probably the same. People, I think a big man, big man partnership. Yeah. I think people are just looking for changes when they're not really there. I yeah. said again, John Kennedy yeah. picked the team, made tweaks at half time. So I'm happy. I was happy with the starting lineup, but still, I don't see it going forward. If that's, the, I think it has to be. It was Edward very flat, Buck, wasn't it? It was very flat in the first yeah. half. It was. I didn't ever feel we like we were not in control of the game. If it was yeah. if we were ever going to lose it, it just felt like like a matter of time. Even if it was going to be a one 0 exact same as the Hibs game at Celtic Park recently. I, I mentioned that I was hugely disappointed with this, their standard now because I, I used to quite look forward to Hibs and Celtic yeah. games because they were always good footballing affairs, but they look very, very toothless. In fairness to them, they've been pretty decent under hecking bottom it's just they're three not three out of three wins yeah they're just not ready for that that step up much like Celtic went for, for Valencia <laughs> there's, there's that uh, the big step up in quality uh, coming two of Neil Lennon's Celtic stalwarts that we just discussed scored two absolute yeah. thunder bastards of, <laughs> of a goal um, which was your favourite uh, Forrest, yeah, was Forrest, it? Forrest was a cracker. Initially, when I saw it, I thought it had maybe taken a nick off someone's back because it changes direction in the air. Yeah. But, but looking back, it's absolutely clean as a whistle. I have to say, the defending for both goals was pretty, pretty shocking. To be honest, mm. that's not taken away from Forrest finish because you don't score into the near top corner from twenty yards no. because of poor defending. But he wasn't closed down and. The two players that he just shunted the ball away from let him do it very, very easily. Nothing away from the finish, though. And when, when Scott Brown's dropping the shoulder against Jim Ellie, yeah, you really, you really need to look at yourself. I think I prefer Brown's goal. I yeah. think I prefer Brown's goal. I was that four goal, three goals and three an assist games, in the last. Yeah. assist in there for Eddie That's as right. well. So uh, it was a great goal. He started the move as well. Yeah, he did. Played out to Edward. Yeah. I think it just held up in the pitch. It wasn't great, but two great goals. A 2-0 victory and a tough game again. Bale, Hibs didn't really create any chances that you thought, oh, that was close. Complete control of the game. Gives us this 2-0 into the semi-finals. Gives us a full week to prepare for the next game. Job done. Two Indeed. tough games. The big train keeps on rolling, boys. <laughs> In the Hibs game, just just final thing, I thought the, the introduction, the substitution of Marvin Bartley, was advantageous to Celtic because he came on and he was shocking. <laughs> he gave the ball away a couple of times and it was him that dithered on the ball to let Scott Brown in as well. He was he was very poor. He was probably the worst close it down substitution I've seen since Mullenbrook <laughs> came on <laughs> against uh, Leipzig, was that? Or uh, uh, Salzburg? Salzburg at home, yeah. So we're through to the cup now because of the time we've recorded this podcast. We can't tell you who we're playing next because... No. No, but again, again, we'll edit it in there. What about that draw, eh, guys? That that seems like a, a favourable slash difficult draw. <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't matter who it is, really, does it? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is. We can plow right through them. Um, league business up next. Neil Lennon coming back home, as he called it, to Celtic Park. That oh, it's be, lovely hearing that, isn't it? I know, it'll be great. Um, but I don't, I'll never trust another man again, Neil, just, <laughs> just as long as you're not. You're going to have to work hard to win my, my love. Um, Stephen, um, a couple of weeks ago when we played Hibs, you called their fans... What'd you call them? Assholes, yeah. I, <laughs> I swore pretty badly yeah, that time, yeah. yeah. Apologies, I've done it again. Um, and, and I mean, you are right, because one of their fans... Now, there's been a lot of focus on fan behaviour at the moment, and a few people tweeted his task as what we thought of it. We've, we've waffled on this podcast a lot, so we're not going to deal <laughs> too a, deeply. A bumper one this yeah. week, I think. Um, personally, I think things are bad. Are they any worse than they usually are? Maybe, maybe a wee bit, but there's certainly a lot of focus on it. And see when the focus is brought onto it, it's dangerous because then people just wade in and take control of yeah. things you don't want them taking control of. But one thing's for sure, you can't be throwing bucky bottles at players. No. I mean, what the f- what is? I mean, it's, it's mental for a start. Yeah, it is. What do you think? It doesn't matter if your solution is you need stewards there for a start to make sure people aren't bringing bucky bottles into the football. If you don't have enough stewards, just hire more. You know, you know. You can't search every person going in, but. No, you, well, you can't search every person good in your right, and it's a very difficult problem to solve. The thing with this is, I've, I've said it in the podcast before, but there are a number of stewards based on how many people you think won't do such a thing. It's the same with police in yeah. the country. You can't have a, a policeman for every single person who lives yeah, in the UK. Yeah. The assumption given to normal human beings is that they're not going to do something like that, yeah. and there's enough police slash stewards to deal with the problem should it arise. 
the thing is, yeah, you can't be throwing bucky bottles at people. That is lunacy. But what can you do to prevent that? If somebody's going to reach into the, yeah, they shouldn't have the bottle in the first place. But if someone does sneak one in, and they, what you're going to do is stop them reaching into their pocket and thinking that's okay to do. You can start threatening things like points deductions and close stands, but. Do you think that enters the head of no, that, some lunatic who's about to throw a bottle at somebody? Imagine that it, I, I don't want to start hand wringing and all that, but imagine that had connected a, a bottle. Now, I personally have never held a, a glass bottle of Buckfast. <laughs> I don't know what one weighs, you know, I've never touched you one. You pour it into a glass yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> but on all seriousness, the damage you could do with that, see if that happened to like Turkey or Greece or Russia yeah. or something like you'd be like, they're mental over there. I, I was actually wondering how they were going to shift it to the old firm. Like how how are they going to manage to blame the old firm? But then I remembered that Buckfast was founded by Catholic monks. <laughs> so it's a school problem. Yeah. <laughs> so Catholic schools, that seems like, I mean, every, they're, they're to blame for absolutely everything. They're to yes. blame for Steve Clark getting abused and Celtic fans singing supposed diary songs. And, and bucky bottles. And bucky bottles. Um, and just a final thought on it. Tom English today tweeted, disband the Green Brigade. That's that's his big idea for ending ending Scott Skinclair oh, yeah. getting bottles. Problem around. solved. Yeah, I, I I can see the sense in that. Um, what is he talking about? He even he has no idea. <laughs> right, okay. Even okay. he has no idea because bigotry obviously started in two thousand and six when the Green Brigade formed. Yeah, yeah. This is and that personally that's my problem with it. That's why we couldn't devote much time to this podcast because one has been too long already, <laughs> yes. um, far too long, and two. There's really no solution without having like a proper discussion with all the relevant parties, and you could yeah. do a whole hour on that, and that would be so boring. Stephen, I believe to wrap up this episode, you have a little quiz. Yes, and the, the reason for that is we haven't done one of these for a while. And because thought, Melly keeps winning. Yeah, and I thought for because of all the whinging, uh, we might need just a wee sort of lighthearted thing to wrap up on. And it, there's a theme this week because as we record this today, is the 25th anniversary of Fergus Day. Fergus McCann saved the club. The The Rebels have won. It was 25 years ago today. Now, to commemorate that, what I've done is people who have heard these type of quizzes before, I've pulled up a historic lineup, and you two are going to bid on how many players from that lineup you can name. Whoever bids the highest goes, and you, know, you have to name those players okay. or the other person wins. Now, the game is... 25 years ago today, Fergus McCann saved Celtic. Mm -hmm. Celtic had a game the very next day away to St Johnston. Can you name the lineup? Now, I will be staggered if you can name any more than three. Let's toss a coin. Jamie, it's heads. Melly, do you want to go or do you or do you want to pass it to Jamie? I will say I can do three. <laughs> Bold, to be honest. Bold. <laughs> oh, no. any, any advance on that, Jamie? Yeah. So the, the day is... The 5th of March, 1994, away to St. Johnston. Okay, I'm going to say four. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm right. calling that out. Okay, Melly, Melly's letting you go, so oh, let's, I, I let's think go I've, got a, I've got a sick feeling in my stomach just even thinking about it. 1994? Yep. Bonner. Nope. Oh, is it Gordon Marshall? <laughs> nope. Oh, who was it? Carl Muggleton. Oh! <laughs> I, I did say there's no chance you're going to win this. Danger. Right. Boyd Yes, Tom Boyd's one. Oh, let's see John if Melly Collins. can... Melly, what did you bid? Three. three. Right, let's see if you can get the three. So Tom Boyd and John Collins, correct. Paul McStay. Correct. Oh, <laughs> the easiest ones. Is Tony Mowbray in it? Yes, he is. Yeah. Peter Grant? No, no, oh. he's not. In fairness, Andy I, Walker. had I been sitting in your seats, I would have gone for Bonner as well. That seems Bonner, like an obvious Boyd, one. Peter Grant were my threes yeah. that I was going to go for. So you could add Carl Muggleton, Lee Martin, Mark McNally, Tony Mowbray, Tom Mowbray Boyd, one. Paul Byrne, who scored, mm -hmm. Pat McGinley, Paul McStay, John Collins, Charlie Nicholas, Willie Faulkner, and the subs were Galloway, Gillespie, and Bonner. I feel so, so Bonner on the side. I feel, well, I should have got Bonner, he was on the bench. Yeah, I didn't come on. I uh, I feel so bad for John Collins. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. And on that bombshell, we shall wrap up. Thank you to everyone who listens and supports us on the Patreon. Big business on the Patreon last week. How many podcasts did we put out? Five and five about six days. Five and six days on the Patreon. If you want to go and listen to pure vitriol um, then we, we did release an emergency podcast in Brendan Rogers. then we done the match companion yes, for the Hearts well, game yeah. we done Melly the match Glasgow's favourite son here and this week we'll have the Friday phone in coming up as well Friday so. phone in for the treble tier patrons and I suppose we'll get the post up get you yep. guys get your, your, your phone calls in yep. um, but to all you guys thanks for listening
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.